Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. Uh, we got with us today, Andy Majeka. What's cool about, uh, what's cool about um, our guest, Andy, first of all, Hi, welcome to the show. How you doing, buddy? Thanks. I'm doing great. How yeah. you doing? I'm good. I'm doing good. I appreciate you. Appreciate you asking. Um, so we started this. We started this whole idea of a podcast uh, of talking to folks, of of interviewing people, of sharing thoughts, of getting information out there in certain in certain uh, mediums in certain uh, uh, formats. And we didn't have, and we really didn't have an idea of the impact that we were going to have, or or people are going to write back to us and say, Hey, listen, geez, Louise, all the stories that you share about the screw ups, the mess ups with the information that's out there. Uh, people's people's stories. Um, they are so meaningful to somebody who's going through a failure currently. And I just think it's, it's very, very important, Andy, uh, for us to, to jump right in and just, you know, understand a little bit about who you are, understand a little bit about, uh, about, about what don't be beta means, um, about putting yourself out there, getting outside of your comfort zone, um, having an alpha mindset, and really what that did for you. It didn't necessarily mean that you were going to enjoy all the, all the screw-ups and mistakes, but it gave, no, you absolutely not. gave you the opportunity to learn. And so that's what I, that's what I love about, uh, about talking to folks like you and, and cool stories. So introduce yourself, man. Let us, let us know who you are. Give us a little bit of uh, insights into the Majeka past and, uh, and how we are here today. I want to hear about it. Yeah. So uh, well, Stephen, thanks for uh, bringing me onto your, your show. I really, I really appreciate the opportunity to come share my story with you and your audience. So basically it's like this. Uh, so like Stephen, I'm a military veteran. And I think that's, that's basically where my, my personal story starts. I grew up in Mission Viejo, California. You know, I went to uh, Mission Viejo High School, was on the football team. And because of my passion for football and my, my diligence to work really hard, I, I, that turned into some opportunities later on down the road when I went to West Point. So uh, what, what after high school, you know, I was really, you know, hardworking student, you know, academically inclined. Uh, so I took a bunch of AP and honors courses, but I wasn't exactly disciplined. So West Point's like, you're, you're good, but not good enough just yet. So they sent me to the prep school over okay. at Fort Monmouth, New Jersey, which has since relocated uh, to West Point. But while at prep school, I was on the football team. and um, what was really good about that was like coach Ross, coach Bobby Ross eventually took, took control of the army football team. And so I walked onto his football team. He was my head coach for three years before he finally decided to retire, you know, one last time. And that was a really good experience being under, under him. But, um, that really gave me some good work ethic along the way. Um, I really had good experience learning what, what it means to really put what's some that? hard work on. What yeah. size, what size, what size was Mission Viejo's, uh, high school? I understand California football is, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to ruffle some feathers here, but it's not quite Texas football. But <laughs> Well, so Mission Viejo's football program is actually one of the more reputable programs in, in the state. That's why I've heard of it. Okay, I have heard yeah. of it before. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so Mission, yeah. so Mission Viejo, um, they, uh, for a long time, up until this last year, Coach Bob Johnson was a head coach, and he just he finally retired. But his son was Rob Johnson, who was formerly of the Buffalo Bills. Um, yeah, it was one of the, the last few uh, playoff runs they did back. That was actually they lost to the Tennessee Titans when they did the music Music City Miracle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so did, did they was, go back and forth, yeah. Mission Viejo, with with like De La Salle and you know all those Southern so, California powerhouses. So, no? so De La Salle's in Northern California. They actually eventually played them 
however many years ago. They actually yeah. played them the season that they um they, they ended their football streak. But you know, Mission Bay always always looked for tough opponents over the years. They played yeah. teams like you know Long Beach Poly. That's a really what reputable program out here. Yeah. They have it's crazy. Like uh, TJ Hushman's data, I think, is one of the the coaches there now. Oh, wow. Along with Aaron Pierce, I think is actually the head coach of the team. Guy form linebacker formerly of the New York Giants. I think that that was one of the last few times they went yeah, to the Super Bowl. Like everybody, so. everybody east of like California, really is ever is yeah. like Pac-10 football or Pac-12 football or you know, all <laughs> yeah. that. They, it's like they yeah. don't they don't get. It. I mean, there's some there's some pretty damn good football teams out that way and programs, and a lot of them are due largely to. Um, you know, just the sophistication of the the high school athletics programs that are there in Cali. I mean, outside yeah. of the economic challenges that the state of California is going through, this is not a political and discussion. I, however, no, I will no, tell you, my goodness. No, no, but I also think that the weather also helps out too. And yeah, that's what also keeps California very competitive with you know football, especially just because you're always outside. You know, there's yeah. nothing keeping you from from running outside, just staying in shape, doing warm ups, whatever. So we but, had a dude. Um, we had a dude on yeah. a podcast from Cali. Um, he's uh he was kind of like mid cal no, so like middle california and he talked about how it was like all agriculture and and mm-hmm. uh, you know he always had a gun on him and he was always like you know <laughs> shooting wild game and stuff like that i was like time out wait yeah. are you talking about texas nebraska <laughs> or california because that's not what i know well you you'd be you'd be surprised i think it's when you when you get you know move further and further away from these large metropolitan areas like whether it's la or san francisco it, it tends to the culture tends to shift quite a bit. It's, it's, sure. it's quite remarkable. And I think you'll find more, for example, more gun lovers, more, more of the agricultural types. Like yep. it sounds like he was from central Valley. So yep. um, yeah, th- those, those people definitely exist out here. It's just, it's just a, a different mix of just in different locations. You don't really see them as often as what it boils down to. I, I'm getting away from, I'm getting away from your story. Completely interrupted. <laughs> Bobby Ross. No, is, it's all good. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a really, histo- I mean, those of you who don't know who Bobby Ross is, you, you have the unique advantage of tapping a piece of glass and looking up a website known as Google. And you can put that name in there and you can find some pretty, um, some pretty incredible accomplishments in that man's career. He took the San Diego chargers to the, to the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, San Diego Chargers back when they were the San Diego Chargers or the LA Chargers. Now I can't even get used to saying that, but uh, <laughs> guys, the guy, the guy was a, he was a really good football coach. Um, yeah. So talk about Talk about that and the impact of leadership, what it, you know, what it did for you and, and what opportunities that set you up for post uh, post military Academy. So I, I kind of, you know, I wasn't, quite started you know starting football material necessarily when i was on the football team and i think that that you know is what really forced me to develop this really strong sense of work ethic where i just really wanted to keep trying keep going keep wanting to you know do the best i can with whatever it is i had even though you know you know the, the ultimate you know, outcome wasn't necessarily in my favor per se but later on down the road i think a really good example of this really you know paying off and dividends the same mindset was you know when i got commissioned as an officer went to one of the things I did, I wanted, I really want to make, you know, my time in the army as valuable as I possibly could. So I made sure, like, I want to make sure that my soldiers, you know, thought I really cared when I showed up as a, you know, to my first duty assignment. So, um, after officer basic, I went to us army ranger school. And for those not familiar, it's like, you know, it's supposed to be three cycles broken up, um, divided or, or spread across 61 days of, you know, food deprivation, sleep deprivation, some of the worst conditions you could possibly imagine out in the field. But, um, basically so, and between each of those three phases, you either just drop out altogether, you recycle or you pass and move on to the next phase. Well, I had the uh, fortunate experience to recycle all three phases back to back to back. <laughs> so wow. one of my buddies, 
Yeah, one of my buddies, um, when he saw me the day before graduation, an old team, teammate of mine, his name is uh, Chris Nichols. He's actually one of the, the football coaches at uh, the prep school right now, but um, wow. up at West Point. But he, he was telling me, he's like, <laughs> I remember seeing him before I graduated. He's like, hey, man, they should give you two tabs. I'm like, that's a funny joke. <laughs> so you made it all the way through, but it took you three times to get through it all. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it was, and and I I think, you know, part of it was what what enabled me to get through is the physicality, but also um, what was really good about that was, um, or or, or at least a mindset that I adopted was I, because one way you can get kicked out is you can get peered out and your, your peers and your squad and your platoon can eventually vote you out basically um, in in like basically like survivor fashion, where if you're not pulling your weight, they'll, you know, you'll get, you know, you'll get peered out. And, um, but it takes you like two really bad peer reviews between two, uh, two of the phases to get really kicked out. And so, so stop I always for, made- I gotta, I gotta stop you for a second. So I, I don't mean to, to jump in here, but it's really, really easy. I remember somebody telling me whenever, right before I joined the military, you've got two, you got two, uh, paths to take when you're in the military, you've mm-hmm. got this path, which everybody who's listening to the military, you don't have to be, this is not, this is not unique to the military. This is, just the perspective that I was given. This is true in every walk of life. You've got this route, which is the negative complaining victim. Um, I don't know if I can handle this route. And then you've got this route, which is, uh, this is an opportunity for me to figure this out. I can have a crappy attitude about it, but forget it. I'm going to, I'm going to go make this happen. How did you, how did you communicate to the, the peers that were around you, but then also between your ears, uh, not to take the path of least resistance or take the easy way out and just stop. I think it's mostly like, it's not so much like telling your peers as much as like showing your peers. And I think the, one of the best examples I can give you was um, I, fortunately for me, I, I knew this that like, if, if I didn't go to Ranger school after graduating from West point, um, I would get older and it'd be a lot harder. I'd be, you know, not as good a shape. I think that's really what it boils down to because, you know, having, been on army football for four years, you know, being in some of the best, you know, training facilities that, you know, college sports has to offer. I was like, you know, in good shape by the time I graduated from West Point. So, um, one of the things I did during Ranger school is I, I used that, that, you know, physical fitness to, uh, my advantage to help my, my peers around me. So for example, uh, one, every once in a while, your, your squad changes tasks and roles, you know, when you're going out on these different uh, missions. So what I did was I always made sure that if it, I've, you know, our squad was like the heavy weapons squad that I always carried the 240 Bravo. It was, mm. it was almost like not even, not even an option for me to do anything else. I, I would always carry, you know, the heaviest weapon that was available. <laughs> and so that way, um, people always be like, and he's always, you know, he's definitely always pulling his weight, you know, in that regard. So that way it would just be a lot easier for, for me to kind of just alleviate people's, you know, doubts to say, you know, Andy really cares and Andy really wants to be here. And I think doing something like that, just really putting yourself out there in the regard saying, I'll, I'll, I'll I'm more than willing to do, you know, carry the, the heaviest of weight available. Right. So that way it's, it's easier for the rest of you. I think that's kind of like one of, one of the things I've sort of learned in life is that people really appreciate it when you do things uh, for them and when yeah. you really go out of your way to help them out. And I think uh, another good a personal anecdote that I have is like at the Academy um, at West Point, you're not always going to know everything. And so you always want to help people out. And, and one of my best buddies I, I ended up graduating with, um, was a teammate of mine for army football. He was, um, he, he would always hit me up for, you know, questions on like English papers and stuff like that. So I would just give him, you know, peer review stuff for him left and right. You know, just be like, yeah, just send it to me. I'll look it over and give you my opinion. And 
you know, we, we both graduated, you know, we both graduated, you know, on time and it was great. It was, um, and, and to this day, he's like one of my best friends. So, so I think that stuff goes a long way. So that, so that background of service, right. That background of, of kind of taking on more than what you're expected, the habit of going the extra mile. I've heard it said before, right. So army, um, West point graduate, um, mm-hmm. football player, um, army ranger gone, uh, literally earning the, the, the ranger tab as well yep. as some other, um, some other accolades in that process. I mean, it's smooth sailing after that, right? I mean, literally that's the, the recipe for pedigree, right? You, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure why, why you didn't just go straight to McChrystal groups consulting right afterwards. And, you oh know, yeah, no, I just, I was, the, people were just, I was just being carried on people's shoulders all the time, you know, <laughs> just over and over at that point I was like, you know, just army officer, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. The road I, I'm is, actually, is, is, yeah, you know, I'm actually going to go take a nap here in a little bit. Um, no, <laughs> no but, uh, basically it's, I, I, but to your point though, I, I think what, I, I mean, you're always, people are always, gonna, you know, look to see that, you know, are you still pulling your weight in spite of all this stuff? I, I think that's what it really comes down to is that there's always, there's always a new challenge and it's, it, it, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be different. It's going to require something else of you. And I think another good example of that was just before I got out of the army, um, I was over at Fort Bliss, Texas. I was stationed with, uh, 113 Cav, Third uh, Brigade, First Armored Division, which, to my knowledge, is no longer in existence. They eventually disbanded it just because they're trying to, wow. well, due to sequestration, you know, the budget, just trying to like wind things down. And it was also a sign of an initiative to pull out of Afghanistan, which we've yet to do, unfortunately. But uh, one of the things I, I had to do before I got out of the army was because the previous brigade commander. I had fired a slew of, of majors in, in the army and in, in, in the, in, in our brigade, I should say there was a, a quite the vacancy in, in uh, field grade officers for, for key staff positions. So before I got out, I was uh, an S three, which for those of you who don't know, it's a primary operations officer role. And that's typically goes to a guy who's post company command, 10 years of army experience. And I had, <laughs> I was going on five years of service pre-command you know, I was a pre-command captain, basically. Uh, I fortunately I just, you know, graduated from the career course. But uh, lo- long story short, I, I still had to make things happen. Uh, you know, and I always, I always use it as a sign of success is the fact that I wasn't fired. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know, in spite of all those pressures. But basically, um, to kind of, you know, go back to the story about how the unit was like eventually disbanding. So they're still trying to support the effort in Afghanistan, but they're doing it in a way to piecemeal the whole brigade. So they, they split up our cavalry squadron into two units. Half of them was going to Jordan, and the other half was going to eventually go to, to. Um, to Afghanistan. So one of the things I had to do is I had to prep the, the units going or the, the portion of the squadron going to Afghanistan to national training center over at Fort Irwin, California. And the rest is just making sure they're mission ready prior to going to Jordan. And that was, sure. that was quite the daunting, daunting experience, but I'll tell you what, it brought the best out of me is I think that's the most important part is it brought, it brought the best out of me. I was working harder than ever, but it was so worth it in the long so, run. So when you say that it brought the best out of you, that means you flawlessly did everything, right? I mean, you never, no, never made no, a mistake. No, 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 no. That was incomplete. Oh, God oh, never was missing. I mean, the, every time no. you turn in your, every time you turn in uh, your, your weapons cache, all, all the rounds were 100% accounted for every single time, right? Is that how that worked? Absolutely. I am so perfect. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I took it very seriously is what it was. And I think what's and kind of going back to, you know, reflecting on the story I shared with you about West point, because you're always going to be, there's always gonna be something you don't know. There's always something that's going to know that you, something that you don't know. Yeah. And it's leveraging those, those 
individuals based upon their expertise. So fortunately for me, the previous S3 for our cavalry squadron eventually became the brigade S3. Hmm. So he was a great resource for me. So I would just leverage him as much as possible, but also rely on my peers too, because uh, a bunch of my peers were already kind of set in their own positions as well. And they all had different you know, levels of you know, experience, different, different pieces of knowledge and expertise. And that's what eventually what paid off is just rely on those relationships. And you'd be really surprised how just being a good person, being a good friend to a lot of people, how much that really makes things so much easier for you. I, I mean, mean, Grant, I, I you just hit I was, the nail right on the head. Yeah. I mean, there's an opportunity yeah. to have an ego. You, yeah. You, yeah. You're going to have an ego about it because, um, you're in a, in a billet probably before you're, you're largely ready, right? Somebody right. just left that billet that you, you, um, billet. So we're using terms that are, that are, uh, so for those of you who, so it's, it's almost like you're coming into a, a job where you're not quite ready for, and you know that you've done a lot of legwork, uh, but you're, you're really not set up for success. So you're going to screw up. It's a lot like going to the guy who, who was just in that position, a guy or a girl and saying, Hey, listen, I, I, I have your job now. How can you help me? Cause I, I, I'm going to screw this up. And so yeah. that, that level of humble humbleness, um, that's good on you. I mean, good on you for, for being able to do that. I don't, so I want to jump forward and then we can come back and, and look at some lessons here. I'm interested. Yeah. What is this? So the, all of the, all of the experiences that you had, I mean, what did it set you up for uh, post military? I mean, what do you, what are you up to now? What, I mean, how, how did you, how did you parlay that experience into, you know, some type of corporate or, or uh, civilian career? What, I mean, what, what are you doing now? So, um, I've got my day job, but I'm, I'm really focused on my side hustle as well, which is okay. I'm trying to, so I'm essentially trying to become a creative entrepreneur. So, um, just kind of give you a real s simple explanation for all this. So while I was in the army, I really, you know, went after those really big opportunities to make the most of my, my time and right. just to see if that, if I can maximize that. So, like I said, I went to ranger school, graduated, did a deployment to Iraq from August 2010 through 2011. And then I looked to see it again to special forces, but special forces wasn't really interested in me. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, I mean, I, I, I was, you know, was married then at the time anyway. So I figured it's, you know, I, I've heard stories of how special forces can kind of take a toll on, on your family, but, um, but that's fine. That's fine one way or the other. But uh, so getting out, I was very adamant about pursuing a career in film. And the funny thing is this is that, so I was so used to seeing success left and right while in the military. Sometimes they, they kind of give you one too many awards <laughs> every once in a while, which I'm sure you, you're familiar with, Steve. But, but basically the, the way I see it's like this is that, you know, you, you know, going into the civilian world is a completely different animal. So I, I applied to basically every single major film school you can think of in the country. And prior, you know, leading into that, I was trying to make films on my own on the side. And I was getting awards from, you know, recognized by different film festivals and what have you. So I, I thought I was really putting myself in a position to, you know, to succeed. And right. again, in these schools, I didn't get in a single one, which really blew me away. I was like, no kidding. Um, I eventually applied to USC a second time, but that didn't work out, unfortunately. But um, leveraging my networks, you know, leveraging my, my friends that I had um, in the, uh, here's a good, here's a good little story is that so, as I was, you and Donnie O'Malley got, oh, you know, <laughs> together over beers one time and, and put together Vet TV. Is that how that works? No, I'm kidding. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Donnie O'Malley is like my best friend. No, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but basically, so I, as I was applying to um, all these film schools, I went. On, I, you know, just doing my research, doing my due diligence, I found this website called StudentFilms.com, and oh, so cool. basically, I I found, and there's they have all these like you know forums where people ask questions about applying and what have you and yeah. sure enough i see an, another army officers getting out to apply to film school as well i was like huh so 
I sent this guy a message and long story short, we eventually become really great friends over time. He got into USC. I didn't. And so what was really good about that, you know, talking about leveraging people for, you know, leveraging your peers, your friends, whatever I helped him make a whole bunch of his student films while he was at USC. And as a result, you know, a lot of his good friends became a lot of my good friends over time. And it's, and I've learned a lot about filmmaking. I learned, I can kind of see why I didn't get in some of these film schools is I think my, my perspective on, on like what a good film looks like and, and, and how to put these you know films together has really changed. I've really learned a lot, but, um, that's cool. But at the same, but at the same time, I, I've, you know, grown a lot in that regard. And, and I jokingly tell people that, you know, I'm, I'm like a USC film grad by proxy, just sad, <laughs> just, just, you know, leveraging other people from their experiences and helping them make their films, which resulted what in done, what you've done is you've yeah. gone through the school of hard knocks. I mean, that's yep. what you've done, right. I mean, you've, you've yeah. gone through the process of, Oh, well, yeah. I didn't get in when I thought I was good enough to. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. You, but you, you were able to learn a lot of what they were able to learn there. Right. So that's, yeah, that, there's a lot to be said there. So there's a, a lot of guys who would just say, Hey man, I, I, I you know what I want to do is I'm going to apply to Princeton or I'm going to apply to Yale or I'm going to, you know what? And then because my granddad went there, because my dad went there, because I was able to get into that school, that, right. that that's my ticket to success. Not, right. that's not always, actually, it's very rarely true. Your, your network does have a lot to do with what your net worth is going forward. But the fact is, is, you still got to work. You still got to go through those, those synapses in your brain of, okay, I didn't realize this shot needed this, or I didn't realize the, right. um, you know, the lighting was here. The sound looks this way, or I didn't realize what may look, what I thought looked good doesn't. And it sounds right. like you eventually yeah. were able to be humbled enough to learn those lessons. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a really good experience. I think what was really, um, what really blew me away was I was helping my buddy Nate for his thesis film and, uh, um, one of our mutual friends is wonderful cinematographer. Her name's Kayla. You know, we had this kind of like sidebar chat one day, like um, in between, like I think one of the breaks on when he was uh, doing his film. And she says, you know, Andy, I think you're actually the lucky one in this perspective. I'm like, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, because what they say, you know, on day one, when you show up to USC, there's, you know, and this is like just before they're all about to graduate, you know, that, that year. And they're all kind of getting stressed out because the prospects outside of USC, it's again, it's kind of like, you know, it's almost like they're aware of like the plunge I took before I got out of the military, just had the, the, the prospects of working. And I yeah. think the bigger thing that they, they kind of just hangs over their head is just that, that student debt. And, and, and she's like, you're not going to have this massive debt that a whole bunch of us are going to have. And they even say like on day one, when you show up to the USC for film, it's that like, if you, if you have any expectations of being the next Steven Spielberg, which by the way, he can go to USC and <laughs> talk. Cal state long beach. Um, even though he has a bunch of buildings named after him at USC. But anyways, um, <laughs> um, she's like, she said that the, you know, all the admissions and teachers were like, if you have any expectations of being the next Steven Spielberg, you better think again, because that, that probability is, is, you know, highly unlikely, which I think is actually true in most cases for just about any profession. I think that's kind of, um, and hearing that was a relief because it's like to go to USC, it's like, it's like a home loan take basically for, for that education. It, it's, which is. So how many people bought George Lucas? How many people bought Star Wars from George Lucas? And he was like, nobody. Yeah, didn't yeah. he go out and produce Lucas films? I, I could be off base, I, and I might be screwing up that story. But didn't he go out? Yeah, and yeah like own? no one, no one, no one thought Star Wars was going to be as big as it was. No one, just people were just like, okay, yeah, whatever. This, this is what you know. Let's just go make this movie. And even Francis um, Ford Coppola with Godfather, right? I mean, I, there's more to this yeah. story, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and that's the thing is that like so it's it's just having that in mind is that you, you I mean. You know, but to, to this very day, he's very successful for those exact reasons. While you're, what you know, what you're outlining, it's like you know, he. And I think that's kind of the other part that I learned along the way, slowly but surely, is that 
part of, and this goes in uh, to what I was saying, trying you know, the point I was trying to make earlier is that the to have that success in the film industry, you know, if you really want to be, if you really aspire to be the next Steven Spielberg, it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, good luck. I mean, go for it you know, by all means. But it, it's like the same, you got to have like that same type of mentality or approach that to, to say like, well, I'm going to create something like Facebook. It's like something that's so groundbreaking and, um, it, it, it's, it's just so, so rare. It, it, it's, it's, it just comes out of nowhere sometimes it's seemingly, you know, seemingly so, but yeah. So talk about, so talk about what you're, what you're doing now. You alluded to it. Right, we started this uh, dive yeah. into filmmaking with, uh, what are you doing now? I want to know what, what you, what are you doing now? What are you up to? I mean, yeah. I understand that you're, you're full-time in sales and you're, you're a loyal employee and you're, you're, you're hitting your quota, you're blowing it out of the water and you're taking care of your customers, your clients and your employer, but you also got some aspirations to go do some cool things. And so, yes. Talk, talk okay, yes. So, so just to kind of, you know, you know, dial it in even more. So I'm trying to become essentially become a creative entrepreneur. And that's something I've sort of learned is that, um, you really got to, go after what it is you want. And I, I sort of found a way in there and it's uh, kind of like kind of the same way that George Lucas became really big. Is that so he kind of this weird focus on toys and, and people are just like, okay, yeah, sure. You can have the right to solve the star Wars toys, whatever. Yeah. So kind of I'm, I'm doing it the exact opposite way though. He had star Wars first and then he had toys. I'm, I'm focusing on this card game that I'm developing. And so basically what it is, is it, it's uh, called cart- cartel, a card game. And so, okay. Um, it's going to be on Kickstarter in October, uh, nice. October 13th, 2018. And I can give you all that information later, but basically the whole idea is this, is that I'm going to take the creative. Oh, so the, the, the show notes will have mm-hmm. all this information. People can tell people how they can find it. It's going to be Kickstarter October 13th. Yep. Um, yep. You can also find that information on my, you can go to my website, Andy, the game maker.com. That's where Andy you can the game maker, the Andy, the game maker.com. Cool. <laughs> Andy, 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 the game maker, G A M E maker. Yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah. Um, but then also you can go on Facebook. Um, there's cartel, a card game. If you look that up, you can become a fan. How do you spell spell cartel up for us. Car- cartel C A R T L. And then it's colon a card game. Got so, it. yeah. So basically, and, and it's been a fun experience. It really has been. I've been really, I've been working on this game since October of last year, and but I've been looking into developing a game since July, 2017. What is it about games? Um, what, I mean, what do you like about games? That's awesome. Well, that's a funny thing is that, so I've always really enjoyed games. I've always, yeah. I, I, I was telling this um, other guy the other day that basically, um, you know, I've, I've growing up, I really enjoyed board games, but then I kind of took a hiatus for a brief minute, but then I, got reintroduced to board games like my it was like my junior or senior year at, at West Point uh, yeah. one of my buddies his parents came to town uh, and they brought cranium with them and we all played it like it was like me my two buddies and then uh, one of my buddy's parents and we all had a blast playing it but then yeah. slowly but surely over time you know I was looking to play more and more board games and card games and stuff like that even the army it's like it's really funny there's a real like there is a pretty strong nerdy subculture within the army that exists. It's, it's a really surprising diverse, diverse group of folks. Of course it's oh, going to be a little bit. Absolutely. absolutely. And, and, and so basically it's like this is that like, um, just over time, you know, I was look, look, looking to make, uh, you know, I was really into games, but then yeah. for, for my brother's bachelor party, um, my brother got married back in 2014. I was actually looking, I almost made him, his own, it's called, they're called deck building games, not like Magic the Gathering, but like you almost um, made prototype one of Cartella. Is that what you're saying? Well, it was, it was a different, it was a different game. It was, uh, okay. um, it was, what I was doing was so, um, before, before you get it, before you get into this, I gotta, I gotta, yeah. I gotta stop you. Cortella. Yeah. 
Am I saying that's right? No, 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 no. Cartel. Cartel. Oh, like a, like a, like, like a drug cartel. Drug cartel. Got yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. Gotcha. I speak, I speak very quickly. You have to forgive me. <laughs> no, I did not yeah. notice that at all. No, it's great, man. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So cartel colon a card game is, is what it is, but it's basically on Facebook. It's on Facebook right now. Yeah. All right. So, so tell us, uh, tell us about your brother's game and then, and then let's, let's, let's tell people how they can find you and support you. And then we'll go from there and then we'll wrap. Absolutely. Yeah. So my brother, so, um, I was try, trying to make a deck building game about him basically is what yeah. it was. It's going to be a big surprise, but like I, the website that I was working with, I, I put all this effort in there, but then I looked closely at the website and they wouldn't let me use copywritten images. And I had like images of, of like, he's my brother's really big in wrestling. So I had like an image of like the rock and one of the cars. I'm like, okay, clearly I can't use that then. So I just kind of scrapped that for the moment. But then again, last year I looked into it again. I looked into the, I was really curious about the numbers behind making the game. That's what really blew me away. So I, I was like wondering, I was like, I wonder how much it costs to make a game like Cards Against Humanity. And you'd be surprised. You go on like Alibaba.com, you see how much it costs to make like a, like a, a custom deck. And it'll cost anywhere from $1 to $2. Meanwhile, back in the U.S., like same games being sold for 20 bucks on the market, 25 bucks on the market even sometimes. Do the so, math. The economy's yeah. of scale. Could be, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, you, yeah, okay. No. Facebook group. Yeah. Cartel. Yeah. Yeah. Cartel so, and then... Yeah. And so basically I just looked into it and I developed this game over this past year and uh, it's been astounding because since we last spoke, I think we spoke like two months ago, I probably added like two or 300 Facebook fans, even though the game isn't even out yet. And so I'm up to almost, uh, last I checked before this, uh, this interview, um, it was like 582 fans. I'm almost at 600 right now. That sounds um, good. I will only yeah. take a small percentage of increasing <laughs> 582 fans. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. I'll keep, can't, I'll keep can't any responsibility yeah. there. That's awesome. But, but, all right. So Kickstarter, yeah. October 13th. Yeah, but, yeah, October 13th. But to tie this all in, to, you know, the whole George Lucas idea. So what's going to happen is um, the content from Cartel is going to be turned into, because there's 11 resources in the game that are represented um, on, on cards. Yep. 10 of those 11 resources are going to be 10, 11, or I'm sorry, 10 different story arcs within a comic series I'm developing with this yeah. guy who, who does work for DC and, and Marvel Comics. Um, and then what's, yeah, and then what's eventually going to happen is, and the bigger goal is to eventually turn this content into, you know, some, some type of TV show or, or, um, or film yeah, Netflix series. I love yep. it. Yep. Google, Google Donnie O'Malley, vet TV, buddy. You, I'm yeah, sure. I'll look you into might, it. You I'll might even, you it. might even, you might even be able to get some, uh, uh some cartel themed, um, plugs in some of this. <laughs> There's an audience there. Post not 11 vets. Uh, yep. Like, yep. That's a humor. I'll tell you that much, but. Andy, man, I, I really appreciate you taking some time to, uh, to talk with us today. Um, I'm just, just an observation. I noticed a lot of themes uh, that we promote here, get some wins, right? And mm -hmm. the reason why we say get some wins is because at each step uh, along the way for you, um, it, first of all, from the outside looking in, West Point grad, football player, uh, coming from Cali, going out there to the East Coast, uh, ranger school to ranger tab. Like it, it looks like, Oh gosh, everything's going to be, you know, freaking rainbows and, and tulips. It's going to be fantastic for you. Yet each, mm -hmm. each step along the way you had to set like a, a goal just beyond what your capability was each time. And if you didn't hit that, then you kept it in front of you and you may have gone backwards a little bit, but then eventually yeah. you raised back up there and that gets yeah. some wins that iterative steps to, to getting to where it is that you want to go, that was critical for you to be able to have some of the breakthroughs now. And you were not bait about the process. You put yourself out there. 
You, you, you got outside of your comfort zone on more than one occasion. And each time your context grew, each time right. your, your ability to absorb more information, more pressure, more responsibility grew. And that came from failing and screwing up and figuring stuff out. And so I, I just, I commend you uh, for, you know, job well done, buddy. Keep it up. Uh, you got a bunch of people rooting for you. Uh, one of them here in Texas and, and those, those handful of folks that, uh, that listen to this podcast. And if they want to go to Kickstarter on October 13th, they can yep. participate in yep, absolutely. RTL colon. Fake card game. Card <laughs> game. I love it. All right. That's awesome. Cartel, colon, card game. Love it. All right, man. Well, anything, any last parting words, anything, anything you else you want to wrap these guys with? I think you, I think you just really summarized it really well. I, I just think that this the simplest way to look at it. And if you really want to, you know, do it right, you kind of have to be bigger than what it is you're trying to be. And I think that's the simplest way to do it. I mean, or that simplest way to understand how to do it. I mean, it's obviously very difficult, but I, it's like, yeah. A, a small observation, like I noticed, like with really talented people, for example, in the film industry, like you look at some of these actors and actresses, they, they do more than just act, they, they sing, they dance, they do all these other things as well. They're, some of them write, some of them direct. And it's yeah. like, it's, you have to be, you have to be more than that. You have to be, you know, you're bigger, bigger than what it is. It's like the, the Liam Neeson line from Batman Begins is like, um, you know, you need to be more than just a man. He's like, and then Bruce Wayne says, what is that? And he says, a legend, Mr. Wayne. And it's the same thing. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate you taking some time. Listen, you can listen to Knucklehead Podcast on iTunes. Uh, you can listen to it on Podbean, your favorite podcast listening app and Google Play. Go out and check us out. If you want to, go to YouTube. You can actually look through our catalog of videos there, take a look at promos, take a look at some really cool plugs that we have, uh, a bunch of past episodes. We've had Tim Kennedy, JP Donnell, Echelon Front. We've had Sean Bussey. We've had Sean Allen. I mean, you name it. We've had a bunch of folks who are aspiring uh, excuse me, who are accomplishing some really incredible things uh, out there. And it all stems around failure. Not everybody's got this thing figured out, man. Don't have to, you don't have to participate in the world of filters. You can go out there and you can screw up, you can mess up, you can make mistakes, and you're going to go out there and largely be successful if you keep moving forward. Can't steer a parked car. Anybody who's out there struggling with that right now, listen, you got two examples of folks who are chasing what it is that they're passionate about. Uh, you got Andy, you got myself, and you got anybody else in our in our long list of uh, of interviewees. Reach out to one of us. Let us know. We're we've struggled with the stuff. I've struggled with depression, anxiety, PTSD. You name it. I've gotten diagnosed with so many weird things. I didn't even realize that I needed to go get help. But the fact is, is I still got help. So you right now going through what it is that you're going through. Don't be selfish about it. Don't beat yourself up. Just pick up the telephone. Shoot us a Facebook message. Do whatever you need to do. Just get in touch with us. Sound good? All right. You can always listen to Knucklehead Podcast. New episodes coming at you every Tuesday. Andy, the game maker, cartel, colon, card game, Kickstarter, October 13th. We'll see you guys.